Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 250 of Final Fantasy Union. I am your host Daryl, and I am here with the wonderful, the fantabulous, the fantastic Lauren. What an introduction! To what do I owe this honor? It's episode 250, Lauren. It's, everything's big, bold. Yay! Big, fabulous, beautiful, amazing, jaw jumping. <laughs> celebration yeah all that lady gaga goodness yes no uh, i'm doing i'm doing well it was a bit of a difficult week we had two not so well munchkins who just were a bit bit angry with us if you've never dealt with angry angry sick children it's it's not a fun it's an experience it's not a fun experience uh very tiring um but i feel like we're on the out so i'm happy As in, How about you, Daryl? They're on the road to recovery. Yeah, they're on the road to recovery. They're definitely not as angry and rabid as they were before. It's like it's like rabid badgers, honestly. Like yes, they, when they're sick, it's just it's just mayhem. Um, the battle royale amongst the Paw Patrol and the crayons and the games, everything. I want Astros. I want Frozen too. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um. But yeah, how how are you, Daryls? I'm I'm doing okay. I just I'm just loving the uh, the reenactment of everything that's happened. It is so true, though, isn't it? Like they just they're just in mayday mode. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. But it, we we've we've we're out of the out out of the abyss. I feel like, and um, hopefully, this week will be a bit brighter. <laughs> Less chaotic, less chaos. Oh, chaos! Look how on brand I am. We need to kill chaos, and actually, that is uh, very on brand because today See? we are talking about Stranger of Paradise eh? and how, after playing the demo, both of us feel like we do actually want to kill chaos. Yes, I think so. I think chaos must die, chaos and I must, must punch him in the face. Yeah, <laughs> with my. No, when you are beaten, <laughs> just die already. Because sometimes you do feel that way when you play games you just like punch Dark Souls a, a, or an armored Returnal. person in the face. Yeah, yeah. Like you get to a point where you're just like, would you just just die? You get that Austin Powers, that Austin Powers feelings. You do. Before we get onto any of that, though, Lauren, I thought it would be really nice since it's the 250th episode. I'm going to put a surprise here. Oh. Maybe we should ask some burning questions oh. uh, about each other. Just uh, just like quick fire. Yeah. And um, we don't have the questions prepared, so we'll 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 rotate so we have time to think. Oh gosh. Okay. <laughs> It's going to be fun. Okay, so I'm going to start with the easy one. Yes. What's your favorite game of all in, time in, in the series? In Final Fantasy, ah, uh, I would have to say Final Fantasy X because I always talk about Final Fantasy X. I think that's pretty synonymous um but yeah what's your favorite race as in character race in character race i uh, as, uh, i take your time <laughs> think think about all the races you think got about like all the races that i've because we did that video about all the mm, non-human characters so yeah. i mean there was some, you got like the ronzo some people got, did say that some of the selections in that were dubious in terms mm, of yeah whatever but um okay it could be from far fantasy 11 I know it's it. I, I was already thinking along that line. The tarot, yeah, tarot, tarot. Yeah. That's so great. You do love the tarot. I like. I mean, Shantoto is just. Boss. I know that they have been kind of supplanted by the Lala Fell, which is a really cute name. But 
they were the original. They yeah, were the, the OG. T- they were the OG, and the they OG will small always keep. be because there was the um, there was the one Taro Taro uh, um, model who mm. had like the onion, like the sp- yeah. he had like a sprout yeah. head. They His are little cut, sprouts, just, like a bowl. Oh, they're so cute. But I would say on that similar line, if we're going with the cuteness, then uh, Lil Tees from Crystal Chronicles mm. are also pretty adorable, Lil especially in baby adorable. form when they yeah. have no arms and they're like wrapped up in this the little blanket. This is Daryl's favorite thing. It's, he, there, is, there is one concept piece from Crystal Chronicles. And that, he'll look it up every time. Yeah, it's just the most adorable thing you've ever seen in your life. This is just this is just pure Daryl. He's just pure in love with with little little baby little tees. Okay, uh, next question for you okay. then, Lauren. All right. Is out of all of the kind of mascot characters mm-hmm. or creatures, which is your favorite? Oh, uh, Mumbas. Mumbas. Yeah, Mumbas are just so sweet. Oh, they're so snuggly and fun. Um, I love that they go Laguna, Laguna, Laguna. They're Do you think so it's sweet. a shame? Because I feel as though Mumbas were created with the objective of of trying to make them. Yeah, think. And I, it's obviously very hard when you've got an established franchise to try and introduce a new mascot, mm-hmm. and like it feels as though Chocobos and Moogles that have been around since Final Fantasy two and three are basically just. They're going to be there forever. Mm-hmm. There's not really been anything specifically added in, into that equation that's been able to have the same level of impact. And I feel like Mumbas are probably one of the other ones that, even though they were only in one game, mm. maybe some they've probably appeared in some other ones as like cameos, but like it was the, it was their time to shine. I feel like it's slightly because like of when they came. Like I feel like if if. Final Fantasy VII had had them, I think that they would probably be in more. But because it was Final Fantasy VIII and then the one that came right after was the more traditional, like, Sakaguchi um, Final Fantasy game, they were just like, nah, brah, we don't want any New Age stuff. So it was like, it went right from, like, Final Fantasy VIII with all these new things because you had, like, Poo Poo and um, Doom Train. And I don't think Doom Train was in any other game, was it? No, like um, so many, so many original concepts in that game, um, to a traditional love letter game, which is just kind of like no, because it's the same as ten as well. Like uh, yeah, um, like there was there were new things introduced in that game that then just didn't go anywhere. Like Ixion. they took away mascots as well in that game. They had cactors. That's they, about it. Well, they, they Lulu had them, didn't she? Yeah, she had them, but cactors were the only thing. But that's because they made sense in Bicknell, didn't they? But everything else was like a sort of humanoid type of creature person. Um, but yeah, I'd say the cactors are like they they toe the line, don't they? Because mm. I mean, our chocobos have appeared as enemies throughout. Moogles. Oh yeah, chocobos as well. Sorry, what am I saying? Chocobos. <laughs> have Moogles ever appeared as enemies? Uh no. Yep. Final Fantasy fourteen. King mm. Moogle Mog. That's only because of that. But King like, um, but not like yeah, ones that you just are like a mascot, but they're also an enemy. Yeah. Because yeah. Yuffie even has it as a weapon in the DLC. Mm. You can get a Cactor Shuriken. All right. So uh, what's your favorite type of weapon to use? Swords. I, I know it's really basic. Are you basic. sure? I, I think so, Are you yeah. really sure? Because every time we play one of these games where you can choose your own weapon, you like the spear. No, well, like, okay, if we're talking about Stranger Paradise, I did like the spear. But in, when you're talking about practicality, mm. the sword is always the one that's like the go-to. Mm-hmm. Because, like, yeah, when I played 14, I was a black mage. It's not, like, hitting people with... I did, like, using the scythe, actually. Mm. It's my little tarot going, like, black mage with a scythe. It was quite (laughs) funny. But, um, yeah, I I think, like, swords are kind of, like, the go-to for me. 
And I, I think that's generally the. I mean, I mean, like my my go to weapon that is never in a Final Fantasy game is like the Tonfa. We love Tonfa. Yeah, you do love Tonfa. Um, but then we're talking about games like Soul Calibur and stuff where they're, they're more weapon based combat. I think yeah, swords. Swords are probably like. Because I never really like the ranged classes. I don't mm. like the the bow and arrow or anything like that. So I'd probably say, yeah, swords pretty quintessential. Mm. Uh, favorite summon. Favorite summon. Um, I mean Shiva is pretty amazing. I really do love Shiva, but I also like for a more original one. I really love Ixion. I really, really, really love Ixion. I think he's just so cool. Um, I wish he showed up more in later games, but like... The only time he's shown up is in on Ramu's staff in like, 15. He's just so... He's such a cool... Such a cool uh, summon. Um, but yeah. Uh, how many more are we doing? As many as you want. We'll, oh, gosh. We'll keep going until we can't think of any more questions. Okay. Uh, favorite soundtrack? Favorite soundtrack? Um, ooh, that's a that's a toughie. It's quite a few contenders, dun, dun, but dun. I I think based on the impact it had on me, I'm gonna have to say eight mm. because it was the soundtrack that really made me pay attention to the soundtrack. Yeah, I I know a lot of the state of these seven tracks, and I I'm very familiar with many of them. But eight was the soundtrack that really made me pay attention to the music outside of just something that was there. Yeah. And so I'd say probably eight is my favorite. Like elevens was good. I, I listened to that a lot. Uh, I, I do like uh, pockets of ten, and um, like I think since since ten and eleven, my my interest in the music has decreased mm. because they've changed the style of the soundtracks. When Uematsu departed, they've they've tried to kind of modernize the soundtracks, and like it's the same with Seven Remake. There are pockets of the seven remake that I think are really great. Yeah. Same with fifteen as well. That is, there's certain tracks that are really high quality, but I can't say the same thing for the soundtrack as a whole body of work. Yeah. Whereas if I'm thinking about like seven and eight, like those two soundtracks, like and, and probably nine to a degree as well. If you look at like, like the majority of the tracks on those soundtracks are are really good mm-hmm. like there are not very many duds and not very many ones where you wouldn't be interested in listening to it i think yeah like it, most of the seven soundtrack i could probably listen to them all like just with like depending on mood and stuff but whereas you know if i look at like 12 like 10 there's tracks in there as well where i'm just like mm, I, I i mean do i really want to listen to that right no mm. no i don't want to listen to that right now <laughs> like because it, it's like incidental atmospheric music and it's like it doesn't really like invoke any kind of emotion and that's something that uematsu did so well with all his soundtracks is that he always managed no matter what was happening he managed to make a piece of music that just became synonymous with that activity or that character or whatever was happening in that moment the music was playing that just draw drew that dot and join that uh like this line between them you just connects it in your brain mm-hmm but like the composers that have done it since they've done really good jobs at what they were asked to do but it doesn't have the same memorability yeah for some reason yeah i i, I don't that. know why uh i think it's because you just secretly hate that other guy who came on oh what was his name uh who was the one who did the the incidental tracks in like uh sakamoto 12. he was 12 yeah i think sakamoto is a really or, good composer uh, or what you call it or uh no i was thinking of um the one from 10 uh nakano nakano yeah yeah 
also like a really, really good composer. It's just like that's mm. this is what they were asked to do. Yeah. And yeah, it's just unfortunate. Okay, here's it. Again, tough questions <laughs> now. Um, favorite Final Fantasy after ten. Favorite Final Fantasy after ten. Oof. Um, can I include side games? As long as it released after ten, yes. Um, I'd say it's Type Zero. I think Type Zero has a really great story, but I also really love the gameplay as well. Um, and Ten Two as well. I just really, I really love as well. So. I'd say it's kind of like a toss-up between 10.2 and Type-0. I just wish they would apply some of the things from... like I feel like they're kind of doing it with Final Fantasy VII Remake with the gameplay. Like I feel like they're really... Um, I don't know if it was intentional that they're leaning into the um, gameplay style of Type-0 or what they learned from that, but I just really... I really loved that. And of course, I loved the mascot, like sort of um, dress sphere system in 10.2. Um, and the fact that it was only three characters as well was just fantastic. It just made me think, actually, because in Type Zero, did I use anyone that used a sword? Yeah, you used, I uh, used Jack. Jack. Yeah, but that was not the that was uh, a katana. Mm. Well, is, it's a type of sword, type I of know, sword. but it's nobody really had. You know, was there anybody who had a big sword? Um, Queen was. Uh, she had like a a, fen- a rapier. Mm. Um. But I can't think of anybody else who had like the traditional like Final Fantasy big sword, like huge sword. I loved a uh, seven, I think it was, with the right. whip, cards, flute. Yeah, flute was great. Um, oh, flute, bow and arrow, uh, gun, mace. Um, I can't remember what scythe was. There was uh, oh, she had a scythe. scythe. Yeah, she had a scythe. Uh, scythe, and then seven uh, had the whip. Was a whip. Eight was fists. Fist nine was the dragoon. Um, Jack was the sword. Uh, katana. katana. Queen was the rapier, and uh, King was the guns. Who was my favorite character in that game? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. All right. Is it, it's your turn to ask me a question, hasn't it? Uh, yeah. Sorry. Um, favorite. What question did you always about, want to ask about me about Final favorite, Fantasy? Favorite deuteragonist. Du- favorite deuteragonist. Well, it depends on classifications now, doesn't it? Because some people f- favorite woman character. Favorite. Favorite top build woman character. There you go. Um, Top build, though. So no Yuffie. So it'd have to be like the Well, that's just kind of disappointing. Um, I I think for me, it's a toss up between uh, Renoa and actually, no. Uh I've got to pick one, haven't I? Yeah. I was going to say it's a toss up between Renoa, Garnet and Yuna. Um, (laughs) That's three. Mm. Oh, I they all have their kind of strengths and weaknesses, but I think yeah. that I'd say with hindsight now, probably Yuna. Mm. But I think younger me would have said Renoa. Yeah, just because of like the 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 um the connection that Renoa and Squall had mm. was I think probably one of the best connections that any of the main characters have had in, from a from a partnership perspective. Yeah, I think that um like Titus and Yuna we know that their relationship was kind of eh, a bit superficial. Yeah. Whereas it felt like um, Squall and Renault, you actually got to see the relationship develop properly mm-hmm. as opposed to it being forced in mm-hmm. some ways. You got to see them like work through different things. And um, it's the same with like Garnet and, and Zidane. Like, like their relationship was, it's, it's not the, really the main premise. It's kind of like it's something that happens. Yeah. And the same with Titus and Yuna, it's something that happens, but it's not really... Import, it's not overly important i think like titus 
would he he obviously reacted the way he did because of Yuna, but I feel as though he would have reacted the way he did if it was any of them. Yeah. That 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 was happening to. I always felt that he was better suited to Rin, to Riku than he was Yuna. Yeah, I think they would have better better personality match. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think I find that interesting. Um, what's a burning question that I've always wanted to ask Lauren? Oh, what is it about Final Fantasy? Um, I think I'm done. Oh, all tapped out. Yeah. Disappointing. I'm kidding. It's okay. I think we've done we've done quite a bit. We're already at the almost twenty mark. Yeah. Hopefully, you guys found that insightful. We haven't actually done our patron shout now yet, so we're <laughs> going to do that now. Um. Thank you all so much for supporting the show uh, for as long as you have. Uh, some of you who have been around for for years, mm. um, and we're going to kick off our shout outs with Lewis James at LJ Composer, Zach Duranto, Rachel Casterton at Drunken Vieira, Barry Norton at Nortron Zero, Zelda Clone at Apes Type Novels, Joseph Robertson at Pokemon Trainer J, Alex and Rachel Troutman at Akira Namejin, Miles Robbins, Billy Jackson at underscore Billy Jackson, Thorin Bullen at Massacre23, Tom Hughes at Tom underscore Hughes22, Yam Potato, Noah Latrell, Ryzen, Sam Ennis, Chris Willis, Fayez Bilal, Joshua Johnson at The Cancer Bus, Freya Stella, Lauren Luscombe, Marco Lulu, Timmy Turner's Babysitter, Darren Matthews at Doomster73, and Gregory. Thank you so much, Gregory, as well, for supporting the podcast. Yes, You've done you. so much to help uh, help us grow, and mm-hmm. it's it's so so appreciated by us you're very generous unfortunately i have not worked on my timmy turner impressions since no, last haven't. week no i have to do that next time i also do have to say that um from a patreon perspective but also uh wider like we've been partnered with kingdom hearts union for a very very long time mm-hmm. um but for those of you who listen you'll you'll obviously know what's going to be happening in the near future but if you don't listen to kingdom hearts union the show is going to be uh, going on hiatus for a, a, I guess, an indefinite period of time because Brandon, who has been hosting it for a very long time, has is having to step away uh, to focus more on his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's now going to be working in the video games industry in Japan, which is so exciting for him. And, you know, we're so we're so happy with everything that he's been able to achieve. And we really hope that he has a, a really successful career in the industry, like moving forward. But obviously, with the show, that means that um, we're we're going to take some time to figure out what we want to do. Um, we may use this opportunity to try and and uh, come up with something new. I mean, Final Fantasy Union's been going now for like 13, 14 years, and we've had some small tweaks to the format, but it's not really been any massive changes, um, especially in the last like five years. So. There may be some changes coming up. It's just whether or not we actually have the bandwidth to think about what those changes are going to be. I put up a poll on our YouTube channel asking people what they would want to see from a podcast about us and from us in the future. And a lot of people said they would like us to do a kind of let's play podcast series where we was kind of like we've we've teetered and toyed around with uh, so far this year just kind of playing through the old games and just having an episode talking about the older games, but with a, like a stronger focus than we had, because we were just kind of just talking about our recent playthrough, but, you know, really bringing out, like talking about some of the creation stories and the creators came in and, and making it kind of a more educational and, and fun thing. So it'd be like a kind of crossover between our videos and uh, more of a discussion based around it. Um, that's something that people have been really uh saying they want us to do so it's something that we're definitely going to consider 
we need to think about how we can actually factor that in. Um, I don't know about scheduling as well, whether or not we're going to stick with uh, coming out every two weeks because now there's not going to be a show coming out in between to keep people occupied. So we've got a lot to think about, basically, and uh, expect to hear something from us at some point in the future. For now, though, things are going to probably stay the same until we can figure out what it is we actually want to do. What do you want? (laughs) What do you want? Um, I also want to say that we've launched our newsletter. I know that in the last episode, I said that I was going to put a link on the FF Union website and I didn't do that. Um, If you're interested in subscribing to the newsletter, then um, probably the best place to to check out is our Twitter, actually, or the um, YouTube channel because we're posting in our community tab. Um, We've had over 100 people subscribe so far and and the feedback's been really, really positive about it because, yeah, it's just like, really really like three four minute read condensed version of what's happening in final fantasy at the moment and you know on the podcast we talk about some of the things that are going on but we don't talk about everything so for example in the last week uh, on the newsletter we talked about the final fantasy 9 animated series we talked about um, an interview that toriyama did about the seven remake where he talked about the honeybee inn and how that came to be and how they had to cut a pole dancing segment because they were worried about increasing the age rating uh we talked about seven remake potentially coming to the epic game store at the end of the year and um we also had a a small segment talking about final fantasy tactics because it just had its 24th anniversary wowzers i know long time ago that game came out now yeah um so yeah like if you want to subscribe then yeah check out the twitter we'll be posting links to the um, newsletter it's going to be coming out every friday afternoon uk no every friday evening uk time or gmt G- bst europe europe whatever <laughs> and um and uh, in the afternoon uh, for those on the east coast of north america all right so now we're actually going to get into our, our main discussion for this episode which is going to be about Stranger of Paradise. And I felt it was really important for us to do this following on from the last episode because we may have been a little bit critical <laughs> about what was shown. And I'm not, I'm not going to say that we're, um, we're retracting our criticism because the trailer was not good. Mm-hmm. The demo was a shambles in terms of how that was handled like corrupt like going live with a corrupt demo yep. taking time to fix it it became a huge meme it the situation where no one really wants because like if you become a meme fine but square you want to be a the, good meme yeah you want to you want to be the person who's kind of driving the meme you don't want to become a meme because of how bad something was yeah and that's kind of what happened with the game. Like everyone was just harping on the fact that chaos was mentioned so much. The fact that the characters looked so generic. The trailer just did not really do a good job of selling anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, when the demo did finally come out, I have to confess, and I, I'm, I'm sure you probably felt the same way, Lauren. Based on everything that had happened, I was kind of like, do I really want to play this? Like it doesn't. It doesn't seem like a guy, a game that I would actually like. Mm-hmm. Like it just the protagonist seemed really like aggressive, unnecessarily so. The gameplay did not look that great, and like the world and setting was just—it looked really barren. I just thought, oh, this is making me really uncomfortable. But we decided to check it out anyway, mm-hmm. and really freaking loved it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I mean, obviously, it depends on the type of games that you like, but. Um, it, it does have that kind of Souls 
vibe it's you can feel the neo but there are the way they have fused in the final fantasy was really impressive to me mm. and i know you haven't played it as much as i have but i'd be really keen to hear kind of how playing the demo changed your perception of the game based on what you saw in the trailer well it wasn't as recognizable like it wasn't as on display the anger because he doesn't really do it all the time where he's just like like he's not just like a fistful of rage yeah the trailer basically included every single story sequence in the demo (laughs) yeah so like maybe that was a mistake um i i do really like the gameplay i find that it's interesting to have to be able to um utilize like the parry mechanic they're really focused on the parry mechanic uh in this game as opposed to other games that i played where you know you can basically just kind of smash or dodge your way to glory whereas this is like no actually you really need to use parry otherwise you're just gonna die and also Um, they made it they made it a positive thing whereas like normally if you parry it's like okay you don't take the damage and you might get a uh like an opportunity window to strike yeah Whereas this, it was like, okay, so you're not going to take any damage. You can increase your MP capacity. And you also have the potential to steal the opponent's move and use it against them. Yeah. So like you could steal like fire from a bomb and then send it back um and not even not even that you can send it back you can send it back three times to make a bomb like self-destruct so that it it freeze that up and that if was like something that doesn't Darryl come and I, in the way that i want yeah. i'll send it back <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> which daryl it was nice because daryl i actually got to talk about like that kind of thing that kind of tactic um and then um yeah i mean i didn't get i didn't go super super far um just because of time um and i got a bit distracted by returnal which is also a uh, <laughs> very tough game uh, but i i enjoyed it i think It'll be nice to see where it goes. I think the customization was really intense. I mean, um, the different weapons, the leveling up of the weapons, of the of yourself with the weapons. Um, the clothing choices are definitely different once you get certain things. For a demo, it just felt really fleshed out. Like, it just felt mm. like there was a lot of stuff that I could do. Yeah, and I think, obviously... The demo was was good at showcasing certain aspects, like the gameplay, the mm. mechanics they're going to implement. It didn't really do a good job of selling the characters themselves, the story. Yeah. There wasn't really anything. The presentation wasn't there. that great, apart from the music. The music was spot on. Mm. And um, it's been confirmed that the primary composer of Stranger Paradise is Mizuta, who is the composer of Final Fantasy XI and also 13-2, uh, which is great. Mm. um but i i yeah i i was really impressed with the like the variety like i beat the i beat the game on normal beat the demo on normal beating chaos is it chaos chaos question mm-hmm. mark took me about sort of 45 minutes to beat him and then i stupidly and maybe this is because i'm just i don't pay attention to a lot of things i only realized after i'd beaten normal that there weren't three jobs available there were six mm. and each of the the default jobs so you had like swordsman mage and lancer if you've used them enough and get enough uh upgrade points you can then change them into warrior black mage and dragoon and the way that they have implemented the jobs was was really impressive to me as someone who like studies 
the games and their mechanics and we've we've looked at the evolution of some of the jobs and you know seeing seeing abilities that they've pulled in from various places like it they've done like tribute games and stuff that have utilized different things before but the way that it was done in stranger paradise was really impressive to me and and the abilities themselves like the first time that i used the dragoon's jump was just like (laughs) it was so funny though because he just went off the screen it's just like where oh yeah okay it it was one of the most satisfying implementations <laughs> of the jump ability I think I've ever seen in yeah. a Final Fantasy game. Yeah. And that is that is not an exaggeration. It was just so cool to see it happen and yeah, the fact that you could like jump like basically the the room. Yeah. To be like, "No, I'm not here anymore. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> I'm gone." I think um, one of yeah. the things that they that they, or they also kind of made the mistake with is, is that obviously this is like the first showing and the first showing was not great. But they've talked a lot about it in interviews, which are region locked to Japan, of course. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they've said that there's basically going to be not three games, three weapons in the final product. There's going to be eight. And they're going to be things like the katana. You're going to have um, uh, fists, uh, daggers. There's going to be um, like single one one-handed swords. There's going to be great axes. And that then um, kind of aligns with certain jobs that are available within those weapon sets. So they've said that, well, they've teased Red Mage is going to be uh, a job. Knight is going to be a job. Um, they've alluded to uh, Monk, obviously, and and uh, Thief, because that's what the um, other party members have in the demo. They've also alluded to uh, Dark Knight as well and Samurai. And uh, like those, those quite excite me because it's it's an interesting like spin on things. And I mean, it would be nice if they introduced a new job as well, a mm-hmm. couple of new jobs. But I don't think that's going to happen, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just yeah, it just increases the scope. And I think they've also talked about how like Jed and Ash, who were the two uh, companions, which also seemed very generic. They're not actually. The only companions, there's going to be other companions you can choose from as it goes through. You'll be able to pick your party. You'll only be able to have three at a time, but you'll be able to select who you kind of fight with. They talked about how, like, yeah, it's basically an isekai story where they're, they've been pulled in from somewhere else, which is why they're wearing the generic clothing. Like, and this is like where I feel as though the trailer just did such a bad job because they didn't explain any of this whatsoever like they provided zero context for anything that was happening that we saw and it feels like a massive misstep because they could have done a like a more marketing focused trailer introducing concepts like even if they just had a tagline like basically saying like um like something about like strangers in a foreign land Mm -hmm. like they they don't belong here or something like that then it gives you context for why they're wearing the clothing they are because they've been ripped from another world and placed in one that they don't understand yeah like none of that if you didn't read this japanese interview you wouldn't know even that piece of like small context you wouldn't know it's going to be other party members you wouldn't know it's going to be more weapons yeah because i mean like that was one of the first things i said to you is the fact that like there's no female characters. There's no woman characters. Like, And we don't know if there's going to be still. No, no. So it's like, you know, that was one of the main criticisms of Final Fantasy XV when it was first sort of revealed. Why is there no women characters? Because, like, this is just bro trip, bro trip, bro, bro trip. And it just seemed like they didn't really 
learn from that but like i don't know they just i know i know that obviously they felt like this was the best part of the game to show off for right now but it just is like it's just not the one that's probably the most appealing to the most sort of i don't know yeah the masses. I think it's just that hard thing because this was the game's reveal yeah and so when you're revealing a game you need to get people excited about it and yeah. you need to get people excited about the concept of the game and they didn't really talk about the concept of the game we don't know what you're actually supposed to do no like it's it's a an action rpg where you're gonna go through something we don't know why they've nomura has spoken in a couple of interviews about the concept of of uh instead of defeating enemies uh, it's going to be about um acquiring um uh land or something like so like you're in the chaos shrine as the first first kind of dungeon Mm -hmm. you need to complete dungeons that's going to be the objective of the game yeah which obviously then goes along like the souls uh kind of um trope whereas you know demon souls you've got the different worlds that you have to go through and imagine it's going to be something similar to that Mm -hmm. where you've got to like this is the this is world one essentially yeah and this is probably like world the world one one and then when you beat this boss at the end of the demo then you unlock the next part of this world yeah and you can go back and forth and if you want to it doesn't really matter and then there's going to be world two which we don't know what that's going to be yeah but they haven't really talked about that they probably will at some point where they have to at some point yeah but i mean like i guess thinking about i don't know how much we paid attention to like returnal like when that was initially announced I can't remember if they showed any of the other other areas because I was really surprised when you were playing through Returnal and all of a sudden you're in like a sandy bit because I don't remember seeing that at all. But I think that's the difference, right? When they announced Returnal, the opening, the original trailer... Was a CG, like, it, sort it of was, story. It was, well, it was CG from the game. Yeah. But they told a story. Like, yeah. it, you knew it was about a woman who's crash-landed on a planet and she's stuck in a cycle that she's trying to escape from. Yeah. Yeah, like, like wet your beak. Yeah, like you know it's going to be a wet your a roguelike game. You know there's. Gonna I didn't be- know it was going to be a roguelike game. I actually felt like I had no clue what kind of game it was going to be because when we when we initially started playing it, and maybe it's just me being unobservant, but I was just kind of like, wow, okay, this is quite cool. Um, but but that, I mean, that, yeah. I guess that's the thing. Like, because in the, in the original trailers, they were talking about the fact that she keeps dying, yeah. and coming back again, yeah. And so, like, you know, the, the 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 whole point of the game is she's trying to break out of the cycle. And the only way she's going to do that is to progress far enough without dying to get to... Yeah. Which is what a roguelite is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I just didn't click. <laughs> like, my brain just didn't work. I just thought it was just... I don't know. But, like, that was, a, that was, a, good, was. a good kind but of... But I was interested. I was and... curious about it. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas, like, yeah, with this, it just... It just seems like Square... Like, we talked about last episode, but Square are going through a phase at the moment where they're mm. just not really putting their best foot forward with how they talk and market their games. Yeah. It's almost like this weird thing where it's, like, it's great because they want to... Like, obviously, they, they seem like they want to release the games that they want to release. But it doesn't seem like they're. I, I don't know how how happy they are with the response that they're getting about it. I mean, obviously, I guess they want to sell their games, but you'd think that they do better. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know? it, it's got to be pretty demoralizing, right? Because the yeah. Stranger Paradise review, uh, the trailer, just got basically like dislike bombed yeah. because it was, people didn't like it so much. 
And like, what do you do with that? Like, there's a feedback um, sur- survey at the end of the demo. Like, they've got a, 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 even though the demo was, I really liked it, you really liked it, and there's people talking about how much they've liked there's it. There's so many people who haven't been able to play it because exactly. they don't have a PlayStation 5, and that is really they bad. They locked the demo to the PlayStation 5 for whatever reason. Yeah. And maybe they wanted to like a like a controlled sample. I I don't know. Yeah. But um, but like also the fact that they asked like our opinion as well. It's like, you know, we're we're not the only people who you need to hear an opinion from. The people who just happened to get a PlayStation Five. <laughs> you know. Yeah, but like it's just it, it was it was an odd it, like I said how they're marketing their games is is very strange at the moment and uh like seven remake did has has done well but we still don't really know how well it's done because the last update we got on sales was almost a year ago Mm -hmm. when it sold uh we'd learned it it sold five million like most of their other games they're talking about milestone increases on the million like you know near gets one every single time it passes a new like five hundred thousand or a million update We've heard nothing about Seven Remake. Yeah. Which are they waiting for seven and a half million? Has it not passed six million? I don't know. That's a whole nother subject. Yeah. But either way, yeah, like I think Stranger of Paradise has a it's got a really uphill battle mm-hmm. now to try and overcome this initial negative reception. Yeah. I don't know how they're gonna do that, but that's obviously their their problem to solve. And and sixteen yeah. has the same problem, but not as bad. Like it's put things like sixteen had there was negativity around that initial trailer i feel as though when that's re-shown supposedly in the next couple of weeks as long as what they show is good people are going to forget about the previous one yeah stranger of paradise i think they've got a bit more work to do because they've got to like break out of the memes for one yeah like i don't know like i know i have no clue how they're going to get out of it and and just how bad how bad the character models looked like I mean, the character models just did not look. The guy with the pink hair, like uh, I like a good guy with the pink hair, but his his animation is that the uh, the prompto knockoff. Yeah, his animation. Who who moves like this when they talk? You know, like <laughs> we're here to get chaos. I know you guys can't see me right now, but it's just There's like of, uh, like the way that he goes on. with his arm going up and stuff. It's just it just doesn't seem natural and. Like there is the other, there is the other caveat, and I think it's always worth saying is that a lot of this might have been done during the pandemic, so therefore we also can't be too yeah. critical. Um, but then, but yeah, it goes back to the adage of: is it better to just wait until it's ready wait to until show? You can do it, yeah, rather than because forcing if yourself. the rumors are to be believed that. The same happened with 16 that mm-hmm. Yoshida didn't actually want to show it at that point. But they basically said like, well, we've already delayed it from the June yeah. reveal. We've got to show it in September. So just do something. Yeah. It's just hard. It's hard to know what what's going on. But I mean, like Nomura is always just like, go, go, go. I want to show everything. I wanted to show this, but they don't let me. <laughs> grumpy Nomura. that's my <laughs> new voice for him grumpy Nomura. but like seven remake they did it so well like the, the initial yeah. teaser for seven remake was yeah. cloud walking through uh the crowd perfect cloud all you needed for the crowd yeah yeah and then the first trailer that they did was also like really good even though Nomura hated it mm. <laughs> that's the trouble but it's like it showed what it needed to show like, yeah we were all excited anyway um yes. 
So yeah, Stranger of Paradise, we really enjoyed it. It's mm. got a lot of work. If you can play it, play it. Yeah, if you get the opportunity um, to play it. Yeah, like don't be tuned out by the fact that it um, it didn't happen. But just be just be wary. It is hard. Yeah, yeah. Like it is even not... though there is easy difficulty, it's still hard. Mm-hmm. I I was playing through on the hard difficulty. I didn't. Uh, I haven't had a chance to go back, but I. I was getting on with it, okay. I haven't tried chaos on hard though. <laughs> but you really have to pay attention. You have to really pay attention to the mechanics. Yeah. Once um, you get it down there, you get into a rhythm, yeah, and and it's like fine. people have uh, started to develop more mechanics. Like chaos uses an ice sword. If you change to the black mage job, and you can use uh, fire magic to melt his sword and stuff like this, there's, there's depth in there. Mm-hmm. And I also thought actually with the um, with the parry system, soul shield, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually kind of like enemy skill, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. I really like it. Um, but yeah, no, I and I also I also really like that it's just focused on one on one person for the moment, like just just his sort of growth. I know it's probably will change, but it just. Yeah, I really appreciated it. I appreciate it. Good. Yes. Glad to hear it, Lauren. Yes. Seal of approval. All right. So, yeah, that's the end of our, our discussions. Hopefully you enjoyed our quick fire questions at the beginning and our, our more well-rounded thoughts on Stranger of Paradise now that we actually have played the demo and are not just judging it based on the uh, the uh, interesting marketing. We're real journalists. Yay. Daryl's. <laughs> we're, we're triangulating our sources. So the next episode of Final Fantasy Union is scheduled to come on the 13th of July. Uh, be sure to check out all our coverage at finalfantasyunion.com. Subscribe to the newsletter if you can find your way to it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, if you like what we do, then please feel free to support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash FFKHUnion. And for now, it's time to say goodbye. Goodbye, everyone. And I'm Daryl saying goodbye. This has been a finalfantasyunion.com production.